Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome back to my podcast. I presume you've listened before because I can tell by the way you're listening, by the way that you're silently absorbing the information coming out of my mouth, that you've listened before. So welcome back. If I'm in error about this, I apologize, and welcome aboard the Happy, Sad, Confused train, and welcome to uh, an episode after a little respite. We had a week off. Uh, no guest last week. I apologize. I'm sorry. Um, I've got a day job, guys, but um, this is truly a labor of love, and I hate to miss a week. So I apologize that we missed one last week, but hopefully you took that opportunity to enjoy the 50-plus amazing episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused in the archives over at wolfpop.com or in your iTunes subscription. So now that you're fully up to date on everything we've done on Happy, Sad, Confused, let's dive into a new episode, which is the lovely, the talented Miss Alicia Cuthbert. Um, that's right. That Canadian treasure, Alicia, was my guest this week, uh, came by the office to talk about her new sitcom on NBC called One Big Happy. Uh, it is produced by none other than uh, Ellen DeGeneres. That's pretty good. Um, pedigree to have as you launch back into a TV show. Um, Alicia, of course, has had a lot of success in television uh, going back to 24, such an iconic, amazing show that put her on the map and kind of reinvigorated Kiefer's uh, career. And then I know if you listen to this podcast, I assume a lot of you actually loved Happy Endings, which was a truly beloved show gone too soon. Um, it was fun to talk to Alicia about both of those things, about her film career, Who Doesn't Love the Girl Next Door, such a classic film. Um, and uh, she's just like a, a fun, uh, cool actress who I haven't had a chance really to talk to at length. So totally um, great to get to get to know her in this capacity here um, and to put up with my silly questions. So without any further ado, I guess we'll, we'll let you guys listen to the conversation. But as always, guys, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Let me know who you want to hear. Some really, really, really cool guests coming up. And happy to say, uh, I, I feel remiss if I didn't mention this, I, we haven't had enough women on the show. And it's through no conscious effort, of course. But um, I have noticed that recently. And luckily, as I look at the board of upcoming guests, there are some great um, female actresses uh, coming up that uh, I think you guys are going to be stoked to see and hear from. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, definitely want to keep this show as diverse as possible, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, information and stories from all walks of life. So look forward to that as we just strive to keep the show interesting, as I strive to keep the show interesting. Um, what else is there to say except enjoy this episode with the lovely, the talented, the delightful, Insert your own adjective here. Here she is, Miss Alicia Cuthbert. You're running around town today? Yeah, like a crazy person. Good. That's the only way to do it. That's how we do it. That's how you do it. That's how we do. <laughs> um, we're ro- we're going to get right into yeah, it. Are let's you cool do with it. That? Yes, of course. I know you're a podcast veteran. Of course I no I'm not I mean I've done a couple I've done a couple does that mean that's the warm up we've talked the, before we have you came by MTV a couple yes, years I ago yes I did yeah okay fun. now I'm remembering yeah you passed the test because I don't just let anybody in on those podcasts okay. okay. I know it's kind of fancy what? in here <laughs> is fancy the word <laughs> is that how you describe it uh, the uh, creaky building that you feel might tip over at any point yeah is that the window isn't that freaky. Uh, I just want you to share in my pain and misery uh, as I know that one day... How about like a window wash? I mean, like, what... Do you not get those, like, guys that hang out oh, the back? Oh, right. That's disgusting. Look at this. Look I mean, at, at least at least get a little window wash. Yeah. Well, 
And also, you get a view of the hotel over here. Yes, there have been. There are naked people sometimes there. So if you, that's exciting. If you get distracted, I understand completely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, um, crazy. Congrats on the new show. Thank I saw the first you. episode. You did. I did. It's very Good. fun. Um, and so, are you guys all done with the season already? Are you? Yeah, we're done. That's good. Because we're mid-season, so we're eight. So um, that's my purse vibrating. I'm so sorry. It's very awkward. <laughs> oh, it's so rude. Ooh, inappropriate. Um, um, but yeah, we did six because we're mid-season. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. So Crazy. Um, it, it's it's funny. Like in in, I wanted to cover a, a bunch of stuff with you, but like sure. in looking at like the career of Alicia Cuthbert, it's crazy because like you're obviously so young, but you've already had like these different iterations. I in know your, so many different segments. Yeah, I mean, know? by the time you're 80, you're gonna have like lived 25 different lives. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like Donald Sutherland, you know, totally. just a million movies and just reinvent every five years. Yeah, yeah. Because you already kind of reinvented the comedy thing, but this is a kind of a different iteration. A sitcom's a much different kind of. Thing, it is. It's a totally different. Con- it's a totally different uh, beast. It's like it's the concept is different. The the humor is different. The timing is unique and unusual because you're you've got an audience and a, and, a, and they're laughing and so you have to break for laugh and it's so wild. It's I can't. It's hard to explain, but it's exciting because it's something I've never done before. Yeah. So it makes it all so very new and fresh. Is this literally the first time you've ever done like the studio yeah. audience thing? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing after this will be like a soap opera. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the trajectory. You usually start there. Franco did it. I think. That's I, true. I feel like I Franco could, made it cool for everybody now. If Franco can do it, I, it's like he wanted to be like I've done every medium. I'm, I'm like start back over. I'm again. gonna be like, bitch. So have I. <laughs> you are kind of the female James Franco. People have been saying. <laughs> You need I to, will take it. <laughs> you need to like. Um, um, they're questioning my sexuality. <laughs> you need to teach an acting class in the morning and then do like a, yeah, a weird Terrence Malick movie in the afternoon. Absolutely. And a soap opera at yeah, night. Yeah, just you know. <laughs> so are you just crushing it on all angles? Yeah, he's killing he, it. He's a unique dude to say. Look, the least. you got a picture of him right there. <laughs> this is so weird. I just look over and I'm like, ah, he's on the wall. He's waiting for you. I didn't even think of that. Did you see the, I, did you see the interview? Did you see that? I, of course I did. He's bizarre. He's insane. He is so over the top crazy yeah. in that film. But he's kind of, it's but a, it works. It's amazing. He's fearless, which is what you want in an actor. That'll just go for it. He, uh, I mean, no one was like, Hey, rein it in. Nope. He's like, <laughs> they did. He was like, uh, uh-huh, he, uh, nope. he went, screw you. <laughs> Because I don't know what that word means. I'm going my own way. I'm Franco. I don't know why he's telling like Clint Eastwood all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I love I love that whole crew, and I just thought, oh, I thought it was great. So, um, so is there fear? Talking about fearlessness, is there fear the first time you're in front of that? It's audience? not going away. I thought it would go away. I thought, oh, if I got like one episode under my belt, you got this now. I'm like an old pro. Right. I'll be fine. No. No. Not so much. I'm like terrified every Friday. It just—it's just like a—it's this—it's—it's it's what Adele alludes to <laughs> when she goes to perform. Right. That fear, that stage fright—that's what I'm experiencing on a weekly basis. Oh, uh, look at this! How you're suffering for your art for us? I'm to, suffering uh, to, for all of you. <laughs> to I hope America, you appreciate nay the world. it. It's—it is, and I just hope that it gets a little bit better. But I don't know. So far, it's. But it's. What's the fear, though? What's going to happen? Are you going to get a line? Are you going to? I don't. That's the thing. It has. It makes. It makes no sense because I. I know that I've put in the work. I can't prepare any more than I already am. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a pro. I've heard this. And so. Not to toot my own horn. No, toot away. But I want everyone to know at home. Why do you have a horn literally next to you? You actually want to hit the... Toot, toot, 
That's weird. That's a strange um, affect. <laughs> I am a pro. And so I know that I've put the work in. Yeah. And I know that I'm ready. But yet I still feel sick. I still shake and tremble and like can't get comfortable all day. Right. And then it's so funny. I'll come out on stage on the set and we'll do the first take of the first scene, of course. And then as soon as it's completed and you hear cut for the first time, it goes away. Yeah. And then I feel better. And then I, you know. See, I don't trust people generally that have no fear and just like are too comfortable with themselves. Because, <laughs> Overly confident. Yeah, I hate that. Because, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because that's like, true. Because I, I've been doing this a while too. And like anytime I do a live show and I've done a ton, I feel like shit. Like I want to be anywhere else. I know. And yet I'm, I want yet I'm so excited by it. It's that, that yeah. push and pull. Yeah. It's like the We're, first day of school, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it loosens up. It get you get it gets a little easier, but it it still stays the same yeah. kind of. It's it's a strange strange thing. Were you because you obviously between happy endings and this, it's clear if it wasn't clear the first few years of your career like you have a real knack for comedy and a real like an, an intuition and 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 instinct for it. Thank Was you. that something that you discovered yourself, or like I always on? knew I was in like a goofball. I mean, I was always kind of. T- I liked telling stories, you know, and I I liked acting out things, uh, you know, little plays when I was a kid, and I, you know, I just I do like comedy, and I've always liked comedy. But when I was younger and aspiring to be a professional actor. I mean, the epitome of, like, actress was Meryl Streep. So yeah. I thought, and, she, and look, she's can be very funny. She's a very funny woman. But her work was primarily dramatic stuff. Right. So I was like, this was the career I looked up to. This was the woman that was, like, the be-all, end-all of everything. And uh, so for me, when I got into it, it, it was all about doing dramatic work. Right. Um, but then as I got, you know, and the, but there was always this underlining, like, goofball side of me that hadn't been sort of unleashed yet. Yeah. And then after I had taken a bit of time off after 24, I was like, look, you know, I kind of have I've dabbled a little bit with comedy, but not getting to actually be the comedic actress that I thought I could potentially be. And then just sort of stuck to my guns and was like, I'm not going to go back to television unless it's something funny. Yeah. And then that was happy endings. Is there something to it also that like... You know, if you're young and attractive, and particularly a female, you don't—you can't be funny. You don't necessarily get to be funny, which is a sad state of. Generally speaking, that's so shitty, isn't it? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, did you find that though? Like, yeah, of course. I was like, when I got on Happy Endings, I remember telling David Cass, "I'm like, listen, I know you don't think I'm funny, or you don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to promise you, I'm going to try. Right. But I'm like, just give me one joke a week. Yeah. And and I will do whatever I can with it. And and um and if it's not great, then cut it. But I'm like, I will be the straight guy on the funny show if you just give me. I, I'm cool with one joke. And it evolved, and he let me be funny. And we, they were writing lots of jokes for me. I was getting lots and lots and lots of fun jokes and bits and things, character traits like rib eating and sure. you know, uh, just kind of getting a little ditzier and ditzier as we as the show evolved. And it just. Anyway, they were fantastic to me. So I, I, I knew I had a long way to go to prove myself, but, uh, but you know, does, well does, worth it. Does the experience on Happy Endings, which obviously was so beloved and had such this like cult audience that you know it never, it, it obviously it would still be going if like this core audience had yeah 
exponentially increased than we sure. all hoped it would. Does going through that, though, knowing, okay, A, I know what I'm doing. I, if I'm associated with the right people and I have the right material, it'll work. Right. But also knowing that, like, this business is so weird, like, you can still have a great show and it just won't yeah, click politically, sometimes. Yeah, politically, it just sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. Does that give you some perspective, like, on this one where it's yeah, like, you're I like, just uh, do my Ellen work. DeGeneres is producing it. At least people are going to see it. Right. You know, of course, yeah. That was, I mean, that, anytime you can work with, like, a woman like Ellen who's so influential in television, I mean, in everything, really. I mean, she's just, she's Ellen DeGeneres. Um... <laughs> She's like the funniest woman on the planet. Of course. I mean, I was just like, this This is something I want to do. I would yeah. love to be attached to this. Um, and then for them to reach out to me and believe in me that I could, you know, play this character and that, you know, I was the one for them. And it was just like, wow, wow. Like, I can't even believe this is happening right now. Yeah. You know, come a long way. In doing my copious amounts of research, I saw, and is she aware of this that you've done on a talk show? You've yes. done the Ellen well, dance? This is, we went to great lengths to myself and a, lo- a lot of other people that are around Ellen went to great lengths to hide the footage of me. Just going on YouTube and deleting every. Yeah, or like not letting her look at a computer and Google her own name. Right. Because like right. I, my, my ridiculous impression might come up. Because um, obviously I did an episode of Happy Endings where I portrayed her. Right. And then um, later on like Jimmy Kimmel came out and did it again. And um, <laughs> yeah, not realizing that she was going to eventually become my boss. Right. Um, so. <laughs> Careful who you impersonate because right. they could be paying you exactly. shortly. Has she weighed in since? Uh, uh, she well, must then have seen this it by was now. so. This was the craziest thing. So yeah. um, we went to great lengths to hide it from her, and then when we went in to finally promote the show at the TCAs, you know, at the TCAs we're at a, we're on a big panel. Right, we're all sitting on chairs on a stage, and then like two hundred people from the press just ask us questions. Sure, and sure enough, I had said to Liz Feldman right before I go has Ellen seen the clip yet? And she goes, ah, no. I said, so what do I do if someone asks about it? And she was like, no one's going to ask. No one's going to say anything. I'm like, mm, I, feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a big possibility that someone might mention that. Right. Just just throwing it out there. She's like, I, you know, she's like, well, if she does, then just let Ellen answer. And I was like, okay. So then sure enough, we're sitting there and someone goes, Ellen, what did you think about Alicia's impersonation of you? And I'm sitting right next to her. And I was like, hi, hi. <laughs> and she was like, what, 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 what impersonation? I, didn't, I never saw one. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. <laughs> um, She's like, let's see it. No. So in front of like 200 press people, I had to get up and dance like her in front of her. So I, we should have just showed it to her from the get-go. No, this is the best possible scenario oh, for everybody, I think. it was hell. Think. It was hell. <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I had, could feel my heartbeat in my face. Have you ever been, like, so embarrassed <laughs> sure. that, like, your pulse is, like, yeah. coming out of your nose? Not a good sign. Yeah, it's not fun. Usually that's right before you have a stroke, so. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like, my teeth started hurting. Never a good sign. Mm-hmm.
Today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is sponsored by our friends at Pop Sugar. The Pop Sugar Must Have Box is a monthly subscription featuring the absolute best of products in fashion, beauty, home, fitness, food, and more. Each box is carried by Pop Sugar editor in chief Lisa Sugar and her amazing team. It includes over $100 of hand picked full size products. It's a perfect gift to give yourself or someone special in your life, especially because every month's items are a complete surprise. And it's not just a fashion and beauty box, guys. Past boxes have included products from Smashbox, William Sonoma, and First Aid Beauty. The March Pop Sugar Must Have Box included seven lifestyle products, including a diffuser and products from Blisk's Beauty, Benefit, Wet Brush, and more. That Bliss Beauty scrub alone, over $48 in value. Plus, you get that with a bunch of other equally fabulous products in the Pop Sugar Must Have Box for less than that every single month. Unfortunately, March is now sold out, but if you hurry now, you can secure the April box before it's gone. Get your box for April now using the code HAPPY for $5 off at musthave.popsugar.com. That's code HAPPY at musthave.popsugar.com. Now on with the show. All right, so let's go, let's go back a ways. Uh, grew up in Canada. Yeah. We're, we're in Canada. Born in Calgary, okay. lived in Vancouver for a little bit, and then also went to high school in Montreal, and then left when I was 18 for L.A. Got it. So, okay, so you, uh, for anybody that, that, that knows your career a bit, you, you've been acting forever, it seems. Yeah, since I was 11. Um, and One of those little child gems. What, did you go through the obnoxious period? Were you like an obnoxious no, child? No, I, I feel like I was always really cool. My parents are so great, and like... I think they just thought it was like a hobby. Right. Like, you know, like some kids are like in ballet. Sure. Some kids play soccer. Alicia was a little actor. Yours was hosting Popular Mechanics for Kids. That was your hobby. Yeah. (laughs) She's a little actor. She has fun doing her little acting. She likes to pretend but to be the, people. But the, the aforementioned popular mechanics for kids, that's not necessarily acting. That's like that's a hosting gig. It's more yeah. of like what I do in a weird way. Yeah. And, and Did that interest you or was that just a job? No, I mean, it was at that point in my life, I was just I was auditioning for everything that yeah. I was right for. Anything that was in my age bracket. Um, I just wanted to work, work, work. Um, and then this show came up that get, you know had the chance to you know travel the world and do all these really cool things but the catch was that I was going to be playing myself right. so l- listen i think it was a perfect time for me because i didn't have to focus on necessarily acting as anyone else but i got to really understand what it was like to film a show to travel to like you know be around a crew understand what like research was and and i just learned so much about the mechanics of it all. Yeah. You know, like... Which is important to get out of the way, and then you can kind of lose right. it. Right, and then you can lose it, and then it becomes a part of you. Right. And then the, the camera and, the, and all the questions and all the curiosities are then a part of the process. And I, anyway, it was just a huge learning experience. Jay Baruchel and I did it together, which is crazy, because he also is, you know, doing really well. Yeah. And, so were you, I mean, were you recognizable in Canada? As yeah, a yeah. That's like, going to be weird. It was crazy. I mean, I think the first time I ever got noticed, like really noticed, was at, uh, I went to, a, I think it was like my second year of high school or something, and the show had just started airing, and I did some other little things too, and I was at the movie theaters, and this group of kids were like, oh my God, and then my group of friends were like, dude, you're famous. And I was like, is that what that means? 
don't even know what that means. Uh, it was just weird. Yeah. Crazy. And so you, you moved to, jumping ahead a little bit, you moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. when I was 18, right after high school. And what was the goal? What's the, is it Not get to go on to college. Just, yeah, just avoiding actual college. I get it. I was like, hell no. Smart, smart lady. <laughs> was not meant for that. No, why not? I don't, maybe now. Yeah. I could see myself doing school now, like James Franco. Um, some, Six PhDs in your spare yeah, time. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I could do that now. Um, no, when I was 18, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sit through right. classes. And Anyway, I had sort of applied, but then, well, I had to apply, otherwise my parents wouldn't let me come to L.A. And then so I applied, I got accepted. But then I was like, listen, I'm going to go to L.A. for six months. If I don't get anything, I'll come back. I'll go to school. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 and then um, so I took off, and, and all the money that I had made as a child actor <laughs> went into the Oakwood Apartments. Infamous. And, uh, yeah, just roughed it for six months. Didn't know anyone. Ate really crappy TV dinners because I didn't know how to cook. <laughs> Wash my clothes in the bathtub because I didn't know how to work a washing washer. My parents did a real good job. Yeah, clearly you have no skills whatsoever uh, to take care of yourself. My parents did everything, as you can see. I didn't know how to make my own bed. Mm. Did you brush your own teeth? Mm. What? Barely. Um, Mom, back and once forth a, a little more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I was like really roughing it, and then, which was fine, which was great. I mean, some people go to LA and it, does, it takes years, and sure. so. But I was so panicked about going to school. So I got to my last, I'm sure you've heard this story, I've told it a million gazillion times, but um, my last week there, at the end of this like six month stint, I ended up booking 24 and never went home. So I called my parents and I was like, see you later, suckers. <laughs> I hope that's actually how the conversation went. Yeah, they were like, so? That's really aggressive. How's Why college? I went, that? suckers, <laughs> suck it. I'm staying in LA, suckers. That's an affectionate yeah, I'm like, me and James Franco are taking over the world, suckers. <laughs> She's like, who's James Franco? Undeclared. Deal with it. <laughs> anyway. Um, 24. Obviously <laughs> did well for everybody, including yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Sli- slightly. Never uh, went home. Woohoo, suckers. Suckers, peace <laughs> out. Suckers. Please don't do this to your parents, because I feel like this is not a good... This isn't nice. They Don't love my dead. podcast, so they're okay, going to really great. resent you for this. Oh man! Um, Damn it! So, I mean, that's such a big. I mean, you weren't you? You were on the show what three or four years, probably yep. something like that. Yep. Yep. Came three back years. a couple yep. times, yep. that kind of a thing. Occurred, yeah. A couple um, times. It's hard to like encapsulate that, obviously, in a yeah. soundbite because that's a huge. Like, what was it like? Yeah, I'm not even going to ask you that thing, but like. It, part of me feels like you you got a raw end of the deal in that you had to be like the civilian in that show. Like you didn't get to be the cool person. I wasn't around. kicking ass. You didn't get to. That's like that's what you, it was. If a you're reactive, be on twenty four. You want to be. It was be, a very reactive character. It wasn't proactive. Was that frustrating, or is it just all? I'm on a hit show. This is great. Yeah, I that, it was. I never once thought, man, this is crappy. Like I was like, I'm on twenty four. I would go, we would go to these award shows and people would be like, oh my God, I love, like, I know what, like, the cast of, like, Downton Abbey's feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand where that, what sure. that's like. To like, be the show. To be the show. Yeah. The darling. The critical, the critical darling that you just, but it's, it, it never lasts forever. Um, and it was such a great experience. And listen, Howard Gordon, who does, is the creator of uh, Homeland. Sure. Who was also on 24. 
uh, with us. Um, we had a great conversation about this, but it's it's very looking back, and even they're dealing with it on Homeland. It's very difficult to write for a child on an adult show, right? Um, and to have them make sense in the storylines and and to make it all work, it had to be entertaining. Otherwise, there was no point for her to be there. And you can't kill off the daughter. You can't kill a kid. Right. So it was like I was evolving and growing, and the character. Yeah, the stories got a little wacky. And but look, I think TV Guide named me at the time. They gave me this like title of like the character everyone most loves to hate. And I was like. Was that a good day when you heard that, or you're like, I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, at least I'm provoking an emotion. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Not everyone's gonna like every brand of music, but you know, I'm shaking things up a little. (laughs) You know, shaking it up. Only you could, if only the listeners could see your movements when you say shaking it up. I'm sure they can visualize. Yeah, I'm shimmying. As, um, as dorky as it sounds, it's even dorkier. In I know, the, it's in the best pretty, possible way. Pretty bad. So off of that, and like, the, so the the film work starts to really kick, yeah, kick, kick into a kick, gear. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're in this, and I remember this. Like, you're in this spate of movies, some of which are really good. Obviously, old school. Yeah. Who knew? Turned love into actually. like love actually. Of course, I want to get into Girl Next Door because that is a genuine awesome movie. Right. Um, thank you. The at the same time, you're. I don't know if you if you feel at the time you're kind of, you're hot girl you're like the you're kind of hot, like, yeah right? yeah yeah and this was at a time when like Maxim magazine exactly. was like I mean there were so many people buying that I mean it was such a trend and such a thing of the moment that you you know the studios were like you you have to do it you did know? that feel like that you were being course into situations that you weren't necessarily it's not like sure i mean absolutely i'd be, be lying if i thing. said not i mean it's like it's like someone saying uh we want you to go on jimmy fallon and uh and you're like mm, no i'm scared <laughs> and they're like do you understand how huge that is? like it just was like and, and maybe that's a bad example i mean it was because everyone wants to be on jimmy so that's that's not the case but, but at the time you're right people are forgetting that at the time this was a legitimate like it was way the thing to, of the moment yes. i mean this was what you got the cover of that magazine and you were guaranteed 40 million people were going to see who you were yeah i mean it was it was a huge get it was crazy um, luckily, like, I look back and I'm like, uh, you know, they weren't terrible. I'm right. not, like, I don't hate it. I just, but I just thought, you know, looking back, maybe if I would have foreseen the future of what I would have felt like at 33 now, I'd be like, I don't think my twenty young 20-year-old self needed to do it. Sure. But that's a hard but that's thing like, in hindsight. That's like old yeah. lady telling young lady... Don't worry, Mama girl. You're going to be fine. And at the you don't. You don't have to wear a bikini, baby girl. <laughs> and at the same time, you're, you're going to have a great career. <laughs> you're very wise and very smart in that. Like for instance, I've heard you talk about this, like Girl Next Door, which I know they wanted and, and probably pushed you. Oh, there's to no, be naked. There's yeah, no nudity in that. No, and, no, and the no. movie is an awesome movie. It doesn't need it. Yeah. Well, I, thank you. And I, Luke Greenfield, I give him a lot of credit because when we met first. Um, and I, we were in the process of, you know, the, the, that movie kind of coming about and happening. Um, I said to him, like, listen, I, you're probably going to cast, like, Shannon Elizabeth or, you know, Katie Holmes. At the time, these were, like, big girls. I was not, I was not at that level. Right. I was, you know, the girl in 24. And, um, and so I was like, listen, I know you're going to probably end up with someone else, but, I, like, I really want to fight for this. And... And I said, but the crazy thing is, is that like, I'm won't, I won't do any nudity, 
and and not because I you know I'm like oh anti nudity but I was like I remember weird science and how like Kelly LeBrock never got naked right. and she she became sort of every guy's own personal fantasy because it was never shown sure. th- the truth of who she was. Sure. So that lent itself for her to become this like larger than life, gorgeous person that totally. was like every man's individual fantasy. Right. And I said, you have the capability and I think the script is good enough for to lend itself to that. It doesn't have to be American Pie. And he was like, yeah, I get that. So anyway, we went on that journey together and it was just so awesome. And look, that movie, as much as I'm associated with that film, that was a character that I had to overcome the most uncomfortable feelings of, you know, here I was 20 years old, barely wearing anything, playing a porn star. I mean, I really had to step out of my comfort zone and really try to make that work and make that believable and have the confidence to 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 do it it was it was tough tough stuff talk to me a little bit about like in the wake of that and the wake of some of these big movies were you always are you a good auditioner did you enjoy going in for these kind i of, hate auditioning you really yeah i don't love it i mean <laughs> nobody but does, i mean i do but, but no nah, i mean it's not a fun process it's like do you like job interviews <laughs> Do you like rejection? Do you, do you like do you like going nine out of ten rejections? Who, you want to go on a job interview every week? Right. Do you want to be judged? <laughs> you want to be judged on your appearance? Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's not a great process. No, of course. But not. It, look, it's inevitable. It's got to happen. So, do you have a, a, a favorite? You must have gone in for some of these like crazy big blockbuster superhero. Oh movies yeah, and stuff. right. What's your sure. favorite? What's your favorite memory of one of those kind of oh, things? Oh man, let me think. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> sadly, I've been on a lot of them. <laughs> You don't see me out there, do you? No, it all worked out for everybody. Don't worry. Listen, I'm not a competitive person. Thank God. I mean, I don't think you can be an actor and be and be competitive. You just can't. I mean, unless you're like super, like unless you're Tom Cruise and you're like, ha ha, screw everybody, right? Um, But like, you're ultimately going to go in on things, and other people are going to get them. But I always felt like everything worked out the way it was supposed to for me. I got all the parts that. I was meant to get, and I think, you know, friends of mine have gotten parts where you're like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, Isla Fisher actually said to me one time, she was like, I auditioned for The Girl Next Door. She goes, but you were you were so, it was for you, you right. know. And that is, that sums it up, yeah. you know. And her and Wedding Crashers, I mean, no one else could do that. She did that, you know, and she was, knocked it out of the park. I mean, so, yeah. Do you, do you look to, I mean, obviously the hope is that, this show lasts for a few seasons. You get into a groove. Yeah. The cast grows as close as happy endings did, et cetera. Right. Do you, is film something still that's like, I mean, how do you prioritize? Is it just simply like, do you like the lifestyle of television? Do you? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, now that I'm married, it's tricky because I juggle my family life with, with work. Sure. Um, my husband is very busy. Um, with his job as well. So we make sure to take the summers off so that we have that time together that's solid and and not we're not running around everywhere. Um, so unfortunately, that doesn't really lend... A lot of the films shoot in the summer. So right. I've been taking some time off the last, you know, eight years we've been together in the summer, so it's been tricky. But then that's why I've been really enjoying television because during the work season... Yeah. Um, it's great because I get to work and travel back and forth and 
So I don't know. TV's just been great right now, and and it gives me a chance to do what I want to do, and and yeah. still be an actor, and still have my life. And you know, I think if a movie came along, I wouldn't be like, mm, no, I don't, I don't do those anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, in that voice again. Yeah, I'm like, I only want a soap opera next. <laughs> On the Franco path. Mm-hmm. What, did you did you approach James with this? Because because <laughs> this is how I talk when I talk about sub bros. Okay, this is what I want. Um, in our remaining few minutes, yeah. I have a sketchy, weird Indiana Jones fedora filled with random questions. I was wondering if that was for me or that's what I wear outside of the. Yeah, office. I was like, <laughs> you stuff a Pharrell hat <laughs> and you with with little. Paper. Stop judging me, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, what is this? Uh, there's just a couple of random things. You can pick anything you want in here. A couple, a few. Oh. We'll see how it goes. They're ratty. Let's They're see disgusting. if they can hear it. Good, thank you. You could you could have been a star back in the like radio days. Yes. She's building the anticipation. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> I can't Meticulous. even. I can't. Yeah. Okay, what do you got? My drink of choice. Does that mean like a cocktail drink? Or, yeah. No, let's go We're not talking about, I like milk. I like strawberry Yoo-Hoo. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. Um, My drink of choice. uh, You know what? I've been loving the Moscow Mule lately. Which is, I love ginger beer a lot. Um, But I'm like, I like a classic, you know, Belvedere, soda, lime. You're classy that way. I'm classy that way. But the, a nice straight martini. But the Moscow Mule is nice, the copper mug well, thing. that's what makes it special, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't want it in just a normal glass. Yeah, no. I want I want it in a real cup, copper mug. Uh, let's go okay. for oh, we're gonna give it. Oh, we're going to keep her going. I thought it was one question only. I wish I were better at podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, you're a pro. Okay. When was the last time I cried? Oh my god! Yesterday on the plane. What? Okay, tell me. I watched Mike. Okay, did you see the Mike Tyson Spike Lee Broadway oh, on HBO? Yes, I did. I did. He Mike Tyson Iron Mike brought you to tears. Okay. I mean, he goes through a lot. It, there's a lot of ups and downs in that. He's had that, the craziest life. Literally, he's had the most insane life. And no, I did not cry when he started talking about Brad Pitt, but I did. I did cry when he started talking about his mom and how she, did you see that part where she was buried and and not properly and then he like exhumed her body and like gave her like the fanciest casket and gave her this really extravagant, just wanted to honor her and I was just, I was in tears. Oh my God. My memory of Mike Tyson on a personal note was I interviewed him once for another doc he did. There was was this movie called Tyson. Yeah, that one was Oh my god, he cries in that. Yes. Which makes me cry. So this is when he was like I love him. <laughs> <laughs> when he was huge and I was interviewing him, like like like, like physically big. He's lost a lot of weight. He, he oh yeah, when he shape. was doing his cocaine days. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah. And during the interview He talks about that in the th- in the play. He's like, I was so fat. He goes, <laughs> You think if you were doing that much coke you would be thin, but you get so fat. I'm like, he's so candid. He, I love this he, man. He, he he's your soulmate. He's Things my soulmate. Things don't work out. I know. You I told I someone might. earlier, I was like, I want him to adopt me <laughs> so anyway during this yeah. interview i'm doing with him mm. it's in a hotel room and he cracks open one of those giant jars of uh, gummy bears and is just like popping them in that like, is disgusting the first 10 minutes of the interview he has gummy bears just like pouring out of his mouth that, do you still love since iron when mike did, 
yeah, I, I'm not gonna. No, I still do love them. But I want to know when jelly. I mean, uh, gummy bears started being served in glass jars. It's again. That's that way. They are entitled to like charge you fifteen dollars because it's in a glass jar. Oh, never. I've never. I've only seen them in like bags. No, and I don't like gummy bears. They make my stomach hurt. Yeah. Anyway, but um, finish strong. This uh, is it. This is it. This is is it. Oh my god. There's so many. I thought it said it says favorite candy bar. Yeah. But I thought it was going to say favorite candy, and I'm like, we know it's not gummy bears. <laughs> um, Lost the endorsement deal right now. Favorite candy bar. I'm going to go with a Canadian classic. Oh, okay. I, I, Score bar. Oh, SK with the K. O-R. And then, well, that's toffee, right? There's a, yes, a very with hard. Yes, chocolate layer around it. Yeah. Simple, straight to the point, deliciousness. And the capacity to break a tooth at any moment. Hey, you take a risk. <laughs> It's worth it, though. Let me tell you. Um, the show, as if we didn't plug it enough. It's one, one big, big happy. happy. Um, <laughs> congratulations on it, Alicia. If you enjoyed this podcast, I mean, come on down to NBC. <laughs> Take a looky-loo. Again, I feel like podcasting just wastes all your strange like, I know, physical that's what, But you can watch me on, you see them for your, with your two eyes. It's crazy that way. On the TV. Uh, if you're a fan of Franco. She's the female Franco. Come see me over at NBC Tuesday nights at 9.30. You are a good company employee. <laughs> uh, thanks for stopping by. It's good to see Thank you, Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Thanks for listening to Happy Sad Confused this week, guys. And again, we want to thank Pop Sugar for sponsoring today's episode. The Pop Sugar Must Have Box is a monthly subscription featuring the absolute best of products in fashion, beauty, home, fitness, food, and more. And it's not just a fashion and beauty box. Each box includes over $100 of hand-picked, full-size products. It's the perfect gift to give yourself or someone special in your life, especially because every month's items are a surprise. So get your box for April now using the code HAPPY for $5 off at musthave.popsugar.com. That's code HAPPY at musthave.popsugar.com. Thanks for listening. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.